Well, good evening, everyone. I'm Rick Dancer, and welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer on this Thursday night. And hello, everybody. I'm Rick Dancer. Thanks for being with us tonight. Got a fun show for you. Um, Got to tell you, I don't know what's coming up on Bill. I didn't have time to watch him. <laughs> so this could be scary. Bill London will be here at the end of our broadcast with a newscast out of Oregon. And we call it Crazy Oregon News, because for those of you who live in other states like Montana, Idaho, Washington, you'll roll your eyes and go, oh my God, for people who live in Oregon, they'll just go, how do we let this happen? But uh, Bill does this every week for us, uh, brought to you by Chris Dental, Dr. Michael Bratlin. He is going to be promoting soon this really cool thing that I use at night. It's a guard. You put it in and it keeps you from snoring. It keeps you from um waking up all the time. It's awesome. And he's going to be promoting those uh, real soon. We'll be telling you more about that later. We're into dental around here. Our other sponsor, Montana Oral Surgery and Dental Implant Center in Helena, Montana. Awesome people, wonderful folks. Uh, doctors can do everything from implants to, uh, to oral surgery, um, removing teeth, uh, they just really know what they're doing and how to do it. And our other sponsor tonight. Greg Hinkle at the lending team at Fairway Independent Mortgage Company. Uh, Greg can help you with any kind of mortgage needs. I know this doesn't seem like a good time to buy a house, but there are programs he can tell you about with lower interest rates. Um, also, he knows how to do this stuff. If you're moving from Oregon to Washington to Montana, uh, you got to know what you're doing. And he does. So he can help you out with all of that. Uh, so a few weeks ago, Kathy and I were driving, we we're in a grocery store in a place called Three Forks, Montana. For those of you who aren't from Montana, it's kind of right off on I-90, um, about 30 minutes south of where we are in Townsend, about 30 minutes west of Bozeman, Montana. Cool little town, really vibrant, growing like crazy, um, like everything in Montana. But we noticed on the wall, there was a little sign that said, uh, that there was a, a brewery and we're going, we know there's one brewery outside of town, but in town and we looked across the street and down and there it was, uh, went in, talked to him, had some beer, loved it. Uh, so I went down the other day and talked to the brewer and looked around and show you some pictures inside the place. And uh, here's that conversation at uh, what's called Sawdust and Steel Brewery, Montana's newest brewery. Dancer, welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. This is Nicholas, but we're going to call him Nick because that's what his mom didn't call him. So, <laughs> Guth Miller, um, brewer at, I'm so excited, a new brewery in the area. This is Three Forks, Montana, which from where I live, it's about 30 minutes. Uh, you know, just uh, near Bozeman, you're about, what, half hour from Bozeman, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. So, this is like, um, we'll be showing you some video and some stuff, you know, so, to kind of cover this up so you'll see. But this is quite the place. So who, who owns it? What, did they, what was their dream? What are they thinking? Uh, it's Cody Hamm and his wife. Uh, they actually own a construction company called Battle Ridge Builders. 
and uh, this is kind of their dream is to have their own brewery because construction life can be so kind of rough and, and, and it seems unrewarding at times until you know the job is done and what uh, what better way to unleash some creativity other than you know a, a brewery like this and being able to pump out you know one of the greatest drinks on the planet and they're and they're brewers too like um, i mean you guys were all kind of brewers mm -hmm. and that's how you met yes um he was a home brewer we met up at new ventures and uh, uh the brewery over in four corners and uh we got to talking and realized we actually knew each other to some extent back in high school uh, we were drummers in the pet band i guess like freshman <laughs> year so it's kind of weird. We didn't even recognize each other until we started dropping names. And like, well, that sounds kind of familiar. So. so this conversation then turned into them saying to you, we got this idea. We're, we're building a mm -hmm. brewery and we need a, brew we, we need a brewer. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And I was in construction myself doing garage stores uh, with Bridger Garage Store and uh, loving my job. And I didn't want to take my favorite hobby and turn it into work. Um, but I guess here I am. So when they came, so they own a bridge company, and so you guys, there's some, some, there's some, you know, in a bridge company, you're going to tear down old bridges to build new ones. I'm guessing that's what happened. Oh yes, absolutely. So, so there's three. I'm sitting at. We are sitting at a historic bridge, and there's three historic bridges in this place right now. So tell me a little bit about these. Yeah. So right below us, uh, right below the counter, is the the old Williams Bridge. Um, and that was taken down, uh, I want to say, about a year or two ago. Sorry, Cody, if I'm getting this wrong. <laughs> hey, but it's, it's all close, you know? Yeah. A couple beers, and it doesn't matter how long ago it was. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> so, so the other two, what are they? There's... We also have the, uh, the Seiko Bridge behind us, um, down by our feet, and behind us as well, uh, holding up people's feet, is the Meridian Bridge, um, which is just south here on the Jefferson. Uh, they're they're currently working on uh, rebuilding it at the moment. Oh, that's why when mm -hmm. I go to Willow Creek, I have to drive all the way the hell around 400 yep. miles to get to the to place. Yes, that's this bridge. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it's really inconvenient, right? It's horrible. And, so it, right, exactly. So the, the the people that are inconvenienced by it, like the the construction guys, feel that. Oh, I guess animosity, if you will. So that's why it's nice that they have their own brewery now. So that's uh, you when see you, the outlet. When you want to yeah. come gripe about the bridge, you just come here and yeah. you can go. Yeah, yeah, there's that bridge that Kel made for so long. There's that damn bridge again. So, so that's the steel, but the sawdust. So the name is sawdust and steel. Mm -hmm. So where does the sawdust come from? So Cody has always been in construction, and it, it didn't just start with bridges. You know, when uh, when he was in high school, he started in doing drywall kind of on his spare time outside of high school and he just wound up getting further and further into contracting etc and uh, kind of if you will built his own empire and it's pretty amazing to see how long so. they'd been working on this the, 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 fun, the funny part of the story I think that we had on the conversation on the phone is this started right about they were right ready about when COVID hit mm -hmm. right? yeah so kind of tell the people this is a new building Yes, yeah, absolutely. They had to, I, I'm not sure if they had to tear down the old building, but this used to be um, a gas station from my understanding. And uh, really wound up, 
in my personal opinion, just doing a fantastic job. Oh, it's, of, it's absolutely beautiful in here. So. It feels like what through this. Th- you know what I love about this is it feels like you walk in, you go, "This is Montana." Yes, that's exactly what I felt as soon as I came in here for the first time uh, when uh, when I was in talks with Cody and and uh, and discussing this opportunity to be here and become the head brewer here. Uh, my jaw just dropped when the moment I walked in, and it wasn't even done yet. Right. Um, in fact, he was, you know, sanding this countertop uh, five minutes after I walked in. So, well, when my wife and I walked in, we just looked, and you, I, we've been in so many places that you walk in the front door, and then you kind of go in, and you go, uh, you know, you didn't, you didn't hit the mark, you know, because. But mm-hmm. this is like, this is Montana. It's a little bit urban, so it's kind of like a modern Montana, but it brings all that. And I love the, the, the bridge thing because that kind of brings that old history back yeah. in. But you, I mean, and Three Forks, do you, do you, I'm going to ask you, and I should, I know, how many, do you know how many people live here? Not a whole lot. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty small. But this is going to be a growing area because it's right off mm-hmm. the freeway, I-90. Um, I mean, right off. And then up the street is another little section of Three Forks that's kind of the unofficial Three Forks. Right, yeah. So there are two breweries in town. There's this one right in town. There's another one on the outside of town. Um, but you guys are creating, what What are your, I mean, you have three IPAs, right, at this point? Correct. I've got uh, two Hazies as well as a West Coast IPA. And uh, one of them kind of started off as uh, like a little homebrew collab, if you will. Uh, just Cody's envision this um, kind of a berry flavored hazy, if you will. It's one of his favorite beer styles, hands down. And one of my mandates is I have always got to have at least one hazy on tap at all times. <laughs> and he really wanted to see how it would work uh, on the full system. And it wound up being our biggest hit, our Headwaters Hazy. And, you know, it's, it's kind of cool to see how all that panned out. Yeah. So when you're making a beer, what are you looking like? Are you already planning now for, for the winter? Oh, yes, absolutely. you got to keep things seasonal as well. Uh, what, what do people enjoy drinking in the winter? Well, it's not going to be something crisp, cool, and refreshing. That's right. I'm a kinda, stout. Oh, yes. I've got one of those coming up. Uh, next week, I'm going to be bringing out my uh, oatmeal stout. I got a few awards with. with uh, home really? Brewing. Yep. Well, and you guys, did you guys know that stouts have fewer calories and carbohydrates in them? I didn't know that until I was reading the back of a Guinness label, and I was going, so then it said 125 calories, and I'm going, in a Guinness? I'm thinking, no, this has to have more than that because it's thick, you know. And then I looked it up, and they said, no, actually, if people are cutting carbs and that kind of stuff, stouts are the best beer to be doing that. And I thought, well, there you go. Now it's, it's like diet beer. <laughs> yeah. I suppose you could kind of look at it that way. It's kind of like how it, how it's brewed, really, is what it what gives it that mouthfeel and the sweetness. So, so what do you love about doing this? Uh, you know, I just didn't really enjoy the process of creating something I just really enjoy in the first place. It just Beer has just been a part of my life for so long. Just kind of like this um, culture in, my, in the background growing up. I come from a line of farmers and stuff. And my grandfather always bought a grain belt because he wanted to help the farmers. So I just felt like it was kind of in my DNA to be somewhat associated with beer, whether it was just enjoying it or 
uh, brewing it after I wound up with a homebrew kit one day. So, so you also use local products as much yes. as possible. Your, yes. Your grain, your malt, all that stuff. Yeah, I do everything that I can to support local. Um, you know, it. Uh, it's. I find it kind of counterintuitive to produce a quality product without trying to actually get to know the people behind it as well as understanding their process and their own love for it. Uh, I'm wanting, I want my suppliers to have that same kind of passion that I do. Right. To, and it to, becomes a community that way. Yes. So you're serving them, they're serving you. It's kind of, and I think that's the way it's supposed to be. And I, I think we've kind of lost that. And it's, maybe it's coming back, I hope. To, you know, I, I hope. I would sure hope so, too. You know, where people are going, I scratch your back. And it's not just scratching your back. It's like, hey, it may cost me a little more. And, and I'm not saying it does. I'm just saying it, even for my business, it's like I may have to pay more for something there. But I know that that's part of my community. It's, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm helping them. And, and Three Forks, this is going to be, I think this is going to be a big deal here. Don't you? Yeah, it, it already seems that way. A lot of locals have come in and been very surprised and excited, really. That uh, that they have a brewery in town. It's not just for Bozeman anymore. Because uh, <laughs> for those of you out of the area, Bozeman is kind of called Bozangeles a little bit, and this is you know thirty minutes away. And and people don't want to become that. They like. I mean, I love going to Bozeman. I just don't mm -hmm. want to live in it. You know, it's, it's a nice place to visit. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like Missoula too. <laughs> yeah. So the you guys have food, but it's a food cart, right? Right. Yep, uh, we have mobile mics, and they're open Wednesday through Sunday, uh, predominantly smash burgers. And honestly, it, it seems like smash burgers is kind of the trend, but these guys really do an excellent job of this. Um, I was very impressed. They had a peanut butter bacon burger. Isn't that good? I've and it was fantastic. Yeah, peanut butter on a burger, never thought, but I went to some place mm -hmm. and had that, and I was like, wow, that's pretty amazing and then you consider okay i'm getting double protein so hey you know it's all yeah, yeah. there's always right. excuses you make up oh yeah good yeah food. you got your pre-workout right there <laughs> yeah so what is your hope what do you want people to know about this place and what you do you know honestly we uh we work hard both for our beer and just because that's how we make our living and we want to put forth our our pride and joy um for you to come over after you've worked and uh, and put your best fo foot forward to just enjoy yourself afterwards. So what's your so your history is you grew up on a farm. Mm -hmm. um, were you in the military too? Yes. What yeah. did you think? Uh, thanks for your service. What did you do? I was in the Marines for ten years. Uh, the infantry. Do your uh, employees know that. <laughs> is that why you had him drop He's, drop do 20 push-ups before you go do the other <laughs> oh he is in the army so. oh so oh so you guys are using competitive that way oh, is there yeah. like a little battle going we're, on between the army between the army and the marines oh yeah it's, it's just that kind of natural rivalry that uh that that uh plays between the the branches it's a lot of fun even so, though the marines are the best right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the employee says yes. After I leave, he says no. Um, so, what? You have family and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I've got a wife and kid, um, a little four-year-old. Um, we wanted to uh, bring them closer to family. We were living uh, in Massachusetts for a little bit, and moved to Haver, um, 
and had our son and decided we got to be closer to my family. So we moved back down here to Bozeman. Um, and here I am now in Three Forks. So, so this is a great opportunity for you. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So if you look out five or ten years, what do you hope for this, for you, you in know, this place? I, I would really like to be... Um, I'd really like to see this expand and be the finest beer that people are drinking. Um, I really would like to just have something that uh, makes people feel at home, welcome, you know, uh, something that's just a part of their days grilling or you so know you go to out work, on the river you come home people yeah. from rotary are meeting in here people sitting around i mean it's the place where everybody meets after work mm -hmm. that kind of thing yes yeah because that Almost. beer's social i mean don't you think yes. that's really it's it's not about that i think what people understand is like you know my wife and i said let's go have a beer it's not about having the beer you know that's part of it but it's about going and sitting and being around people mm -hmm. having a drink and just enjoying people's company and beer lets you do that i mean i know wine and Al uh, their alcohol does too but there's something about beer to me that's just like i don't know it's montana you know mm -hmm. i don't know if it has anything to do with cheers back in the day because they kind of set set up that precedence yeah there. it kind of did it kind of did so um if you what is the thing right now that you are most excited about uh just watching this place expand uh seeing things go on tap and in different places I my background brewing is as a home brewer so it's really cool and fascinating to watch people get excited about something that I'm putting out there and wanting to bring it in on at different uh, um, tap rooms around you know the valley it's 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 mind-blowing just to see your 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 child I guess just growing up and and going out into the world, I guess. Look, it's got to feel good when somebody, like, when you work hard and you're putting all this stuff together and then somebody takes a drink and goes, oh, I really like that. It's probably how chefs feel, how, you know, my wife, she's an she's a awesome cook. And when you come, when I get great, I'm spoiled rotten. You get great meals. But mm -hmm. when you, when you, she does that, that's, it's, that make, that's kind of makes your day. That makes it when people are coming in. And you're getting to serve complete strangers and watch them, you know, sip your beer and go, wow. Because you, I mean, I'm, I'm, I was shocked because usually it, I, I mean, I'm a, I love beer and I'm, and usually I'll go to a new brewery and it takes a while for them to catch on, you know, mm -hmm. to pick, to kind of do their thing. And we came in and we just went, oh, we got to try this, you know, and we sat down and we both went, oh my gosh, there's two of the three IPAs I really, really like. And I mean, that's awesome. I mean, that's pretty good for brand new. Yeah. Thank you. No, you do a good job. So thanks for letting us come in. Anything else you need to tell me? Um, I really appreciate you coming in and, and, uh, give me and, your hours too. Real fast. Oh yeah. Uh, right now we're in winter hours, so we're going to be open, uh, two till Helena makes us shut off the taps at eight by law. Um, but, uh, if I'm here Monday through Friday and you know, I not busy with a brew day, I'll probably just flip on the open sign and serve you a beer or fill a growler for you. And then you'll get to know who he really is <laughs> or taste the new beer. Uh-huh. I'm coming back for the stout. <laughs> That's mine. Hey, thanks, man. Hey, thanks for coming. No, in, you're man. welcome, man. You bet you betcha. And that is so Montana. 
Uh, yeah, the guy's in there brewing. He sees you. He'll come and serve you. <laughs> Great place. Well, I recommend anybody in Montana try it. And if you're going through Montana on I-90, stop at Three Forks. Go into town. Um, there's two breweries, one on the outside of town. They're good, too. But this is like the local beer. Uh, Bill London now joins us, for those of you in Oregon. with the, And the rest of you should just listen because and just be glad you're not here <laughs> or there. <laughs> Crazy Oregon News, Bill London, sponsored by Chris Dental Family Dentistry. Good evening from the News Radio, 1120 AM and 93.7 FM, KPNW Studios. I'm Bill London, co-host of The Wake Up Call, 6 AM to 9, Monday through Fridays on this fine radio station and heard streaming worldwide on the webs at kpnw.com. And this evening's look at the news brought to you by Dr. Michael Bratland of Chris Dental, where if you're looking for a good denturist, then don't go to Dr. Michael Bratland because he has a great denturist. Don't settle for good. Go with great. All right. Here's a look at the stories that we're following. Well, it was not necessarily unexpected, but still took a lot of people by surprise. And that is that Democrat from West Virginia, Senator Joe Manchin, announced he is not going to seek re-election to the Senate coming up next year. And that is pretty much certainly going to hand the Republicans a seat in next year's elections in a very deep red state. Manchin, who's been in that uh, chair since 2010, had long been considered the most vulnerable Senate Democrat on the map heading into the upcoming elections. And likely his reasoning... Well, it's going to be a tough challenge for him because he would be facing West Virginia and very popular West Virginia Governor Jim Justice, a Republican, who has increasingly become the favorites to win next year. Democrats have said throughout the year that Manchin is the only member of their party to have a shot of winning in the truly ruby red state, and that seat's most likely going to fall into GOP hands. With the West Virginia race shaping up well for Republicans, now all eyes are shifting even more to Montana. That's where you're at, Rick. And also Ohio, two states in red terrain featuring Democratic incumbents, Senator John Tester of Montana and Sherrod Brown of Ohio. Republicans have also looked for opportunities to pick off other states where they've been competitive in recent years, including Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Arizona, Nevada, and Michigan. All right, so here in Oregon, landlords are filing more court evictions monthly than they did before the COVID pandemic, though evictions trended down after the legislature gave tenants more time to make up late rent. So back in 2019, Oregon landlords filed an average of about 1,560 eviction suits every month. A pandemic-related eviction moratorium lasted through 2021. And then tenants with pending applications for rent assistance were protected from being evicted through June of last year. And so what happened? Well, evictions skyrocketed when the protections phased out in the summer of 2022. Between October of last year and March of this year, landlords filed for an average of more than 2,000 evictions every month in Oregon, and 87% of them were for not paying rent. 
Well, Oregonians, legislators, and elected officials gathered at Oregon Health Sciences University Wednesday to learn more about Oregon's fentanyl crisis and efforts to improve it. Now, the presentation was actually hosted by Oregon Attorney General Ellen Rosenblum, and she said that Oregon's treatment processes should account for the increased risk of relapse. Now, presenters said recovering from fentanyl addiction will take people longer than other addictions like heroin. But what was really interesting was Dr. Andy Mendenhall. Now, he said that we, if we wanted it, could have conditions in Oregon where, in his words, everyone who had a behavioral challenge had the access to the right treatment at the right time for the right duration, and had the ability to flow through a system of care. And part of that system would be the correctional system. In other words, repealing Measure 110's legalization of street drugs. I would have liked to have seen the look on Ellen Rosenblum's face when she heard that because she has been a supporter of Measure 110, including including the part of it that just said, oh, yeah, You can go ahead and have street drugs. That's fine. Take them. The presentation also highlighted a lack of affordable housing. They say that Oregon ranks fourth in the nation for underproduction of homes. We're number four. We're number four. And if you think about the underproduction of homes, well, guess what? You have to look at elected leaders because they're the ones that put constraints on how many homes could be built, where they could be built, the urban growth boundaries in protecting what they call green spaces. Okay, so Tuesday, of course, was election day. And four county election offices in Washington state were evacuated because they received envelopes containing suspicious powders, including two that field-tested positive for fentanyl. And that was while workers were processing ballots from Tuesday's elections. Those elections office in Washington were in King County, Skagit County, Spokane, and Pierce Counties. According to the Secretary of State's office, local, state, and federal agents were investigating and no one was injured. Secretary of State Steve Hobbs called the incidents acts of terrorism that threaten our elections. And... He also said something that was kind of interesting. He said that there was no candidate, this is a quote, there was no candidate that was identified, there was no religious affiliated group identified, there was no political issue identified. So he's calling it acts of terrorism. Isn't it interesting that one of the things that he throws in there is that no, no religious affiliated group was identified. Meaning, considering he started off by saying that it was an act of terrorism, that he thinks that somehow religious groups are terrorists. Turns out Lane County had the same issue on Wednesday. It closed because they received a letter from the post office that had a substance in it. 
It is being investigated as well. At this point, they haven't said what exactly it was in the envelope, but they do say they're testing it. And then you have the same thing that happened in Fulton County, Georgia. One thing that is kind of interesting is that today it came out from the Pierce County Auditor's Office in Tacoma. They released letters or an image of the letters it received, and it showed it had been postmarked in Portland, Oregon. Go figure. And read in part, end elections now. Stop giving power to the right that they don't have. Okay. Congresswoman Val Hoyle, Democrat from Oregon, has not done something that she said she was going to do. That was namely turn over public records stored on her personal devices to the state agencies she once ran. And she said two months ago that she would. And they've been waiting for two months. And she hasn't. Eleven months ago, the Oregon Bureau of Labor and Industries asked Hoyle, the agency's former commissioner, to hand over the personal devices so the agency could inspect them for public records because Hoyle regularly conducted official business on personal devices throughout her four-year term. And what did some of that business include? Well, calls to embattled cannabis company CEO Rosa Cesaris. Remember her? The one behind LaMotta Cannabis, the one whose relationship with former disgraced Oregon Secretary of State Shamia Fagan is now under criminal investigation by the federal government. For the record, it is known that Hoyle communicated on her personal phone about a $550,000 state grant that Hoyle ordered state staffers at Boley to give to a nonprofit co-founded by one of her top campaign donors, the same embattled cannabis company CEO, Rosa Cesaris. And by the way, when we talk about one of her top campaign donors, keep in mind that Rosa Cesaris, and this has been reported widely, didn't use a check, didn't use a credit card. She would show up with brown paper bags full of cash. Nothing could go wrong there. Well, Oregon Republicans are calling for the only state lawmaker of Middle Eastern descent to be removed from the Oregon Legislative Committees and face an expulsion vote because she called for a ceasefire and criticized the Israel-Hamas war as, quote, ethnic cleansing of Palestinians. The Oregon Republican Party's condemnation of Representative Farrar Chaichi, a Democrat from Beaverton, was to the point. They said, the Oregon GOP unequivocally denounces the deeply troubling and anti-Semitic comments made by State Representative Chaichi from her official legislative office. Now, this comes in response to a statement from Chaichi's legislative office calling on Oregon's congressional delegation to demand an immediate ceasefire and block U.S. money for Israel. Chaichi also said, quote, We have been witnessing war crimes against Palestinians for decades, and it is time to end our complicity. Our complicity. Chaichi said she thought the Republican Party was trying to distract from a conversation about what she described as 
genocide paid for with American taxpayer dollars. No, we're just trying to say that you're anti-Semitic. Speaking of that, on Capitol Hill, the House voted Tuesday to censure Democratic Representative Rashid Tlaib of Michigan, the only Palestinian American in Congress, which is a rebuke, and a pretty extraordinary one, of her rhetoric about the Israel-Hamas war. Now, the vote was 234 to 188. And why? Well, because enough Democrats joined with Republicans to censure her. That's pretty much the only punishment that's below expulsion from the House. The three-term Congresswoman has long been a target of criticism for her views on the conflict in the Middle East. With other Democrats, those standing by her side, defending Tlaib's stance, Tlaib said, I will not be silenced and I will not let you distort my words. So what were her words? Several times, she has publicly uttered the phrase, talking about Israel and Palestine, from the river to the sea. That is actually a slogan. A slogan that is used by anti-Semitic people and those from the Middle East that is a call for the eradication of Israel. And finally, let's stop, stop on a feel-good story. Even though the surgery was done a while ago, it was just announced on Thursday, today. Surgeons in New York have performed the first ever whole eye transplant in a human. They announced it today. And that is something that's being hailed as a breakthrough, even though the patient hasn't regained sight in the eye. Now, it was six months ago that the surgery took place and it was performed during a partial face transplant. The grafted eye, though, they say is showing signs of health. It has well-functioning blood vessels and a promising-looking retina. That, according to the surgical team at NYU Lagon Health. The recipient of the eye, a 46-year-old military vet, Aaron James from Arkansas, who survived a work-related high-voltage electrical accident that destroyed the left side of his face, his nose, his mouth, and his left eye. Now, so far, the transplanted eye is not communicating with the brain through the optic nerve. Doctors say that the transplantation of a viable eye globe still, though, opens a lot of new possibilities, even if in this case, sight isn't restored. Other research teams are actually right now working on ways to develop and connect nerve networks in the brain to sightless eyes through the insertion of electrodes, for example, allowing vision. Now, the patient, Aaron James, who had retained vision in his right eye, knew that he may not regain vision in the transplanted left eye. According to James, he said, the doctors told me to never expect it to work at all. They told me that from the get-go. But James said, I told them, you know what, even if I can't see, maybe at least you all can learn something to help the next person. Ending the quote, he said, that's how you get started. He says, hopefully this opens up a new path. I like that guy. All right, there you have it. Rick, 
it is time for you to uh, put on your gloves and roll out a big industrial drum full of reel. So get with the reel. All right. Thanks, Bill. Uh, Bill does a great job for us. Um, if you want to follow us, we have, we're on Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, have several different channels on Facebook, YouTube, Rick Dancer TV on YouTube. Go to our website, subscribe. Doesn't cost you anything. It's rickdancer.com. Um, we do all kinds of stuff. People say, what do you do podcasts on? I said, Pe mostly people, <clears throat> but we also like to bring in some controversy too, only because if we don't talk about this stuff, nobody's gonna, and there's too much censorship in this world and too lack little, uh, freedom of speech. So that's what we're here for. So share this on your page. If you would, the social media giants don't like us. And, um, so they try to throttle our content, but guess what? We find a way to get it out there without them. All right. Have a good weekend. Uh, we will see you next week. Uh, we're back on Monday with content and Tuesday with our next show. I'll see you later.